Welcome to Rebecca Neal, the podcast where I, Rebecca, your host, share thought-provoking episodes with you to help you take your life from where it is now to where you want it to be. I have a huge desire and passion to help people just like you get out of their own way and start living the life that they deserve. I'm here to help you feel empowered, educated, and inspired to get into massive action and create change in your life today. Join me weekly as I share insights into the online business world, social media, and many other motivational topics, and also interview some of the world's most incredible humans to help you become the best version of yourself. Hello and welcome back to Rebecca Neal, the podcast. Today we have Ross Johnson, who is a serial entrepreneur and founder of Golden Ape, a company that specializes in client acquisition for online coaches and consultants. Today, Ross has consulted and advised more than 1,000 businesses in over 20 plus different niches through his programs, events, and trainings. His methods are responsible for generating millions of sales for him and his clients. I'm so excited because I've personally worked with Ross and followed him for a really long time and we've created a bit of a friendship. So I've got him on the show for you guys to deliver a ton of value. Welcome to the show, Ross. Hey, thanks so much for having me on. Appreciate it. Awesome. So I always ask my guests how they drink their coffee as our first little intro question because I think you can learn a lot about people and what they mix in or how they have it. Okay. So I'm like a huge coffee nerd. Actually, you know, it's so funny you asked me this. I just changed how I take my coffee today. Oh my gosh. <laughs> how relevant is that? <laughs> yeah. So um, I get, well, you guys don't have this down there, but I get a blue bottle coffee um, and I do the pour over method and I actually have a scale <laughs> where I actually weigh out how much coffee grinds I have. Cause this is how they do it at this place. And it makes the, it's like a perfect cup of coffee every time. So I got the scale, I do a pour over and they got a specific method for making the coffee. And then today, like basically I'll just put some cream or some milk in it, but I'm, I'm, I'm not doing the dairy thing right now. So I'm going to experiment with that as of today, literally. Uh, and so I've been doing oat milk. Oh yeah. Oat milk's amazing. That's what I use if I ever get milk because it's still, there's still got that creaminess of dairy. You know, it's so funny. This, this company Oatly, uh, in the United States, I don't know what you guys have down there, but they, I think that they were the ones that kind of made this like trendy over the past couple of years. Yeah. They've been making oat milk for 60 years. <laughs> I'm like, what the, I'm like, what the hell? This Perfect. has been going on for it's like no one noticed. And then all of a sudden now like LA got a hold of it and like people are drinking it all the time. That's amazing. They've just like hit the jackpot after like slogging away. Like we do stay in your lane, stay the course. Yep. <laughs> That's amazing. Why are you giving up dairy? Is that just health reasons or? Uh, you know, my girlfriend just found out that she's like, I guess lactose intolerant and also has a horrible gluten allergy. Wow. Um, and I just was like, well, I'll, I'll kind of eat like that too, just for a little bit and just see, you know, I do all these, like I do blood work. I do all these different tests on my health. Cause I don't really go to the doctor. Yeah. I like to just, I like to know what's really going on. <laughs> yeah, um, and yeah, they said I had like a minor thing with dairy, but I just thought it's probably better to not have it than to have it. It seems like a lot of people have issues. Totally. I haven't had dairy for a very long time and there's so many alternatives in life now with health. So it's so easy, like with nutrition. Super easy. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about your mission. I mean, you, from my understanding, have been an entrepreneur for a very long time, like since you were yeah. a kid, I want to say. <laughs> tell us a little bit about your journey and your mission. Why do you do what you do? What do you do? Who are you for? Like give everyone a bit of a rundown. Sure. So I guess it's really evolved over time. Um, initially, it was just to make money, right? Mm -hmm. Like I thought I was going to be like the Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to get a yacht and like, I'm going to live this crazy life. Like I thought I was going to be like Dampel's Arian or something. And, um, that <laughs> I know it's so How ridiculous. old were you then when that was your ambition? Ah, uh, man, like 16, maybe. Yeah, cool. yeah, I was young and I was dumb. And then, <laughs> you know, as I, as I got into it and I started, you know, struggling a lot and, you know, having a lot of these issues, obviously that a lot of people face with business and life and all these things, I would say like business has really like matured me mm -hmm. and given me like a lot more 
uh, like it's helped me take responsibility. It's taught me all these different things, but how to take responsibility, how to handle my emotions, how to communicate with other people. Um, and it's really been like a massive personal development vehicle for me, which was very unexpected. You know, it's like you, you chase one thing in life and you think that you want that thing. And then you go through all the shit to get that thing. And you realize that going through all that shit and what that gave you was way more than getting the, the thing. Mm. Right. So, you know, now, you know, I have all this money, but I don't really think about money. You know, really what I'm interested in at this point, well, what ended, ended up happening to me was I ended up making a bunch of money very, very quickly when I did make money, struggled for like three or four years. But then when I made money, it was like, I made like a million dollars, million dollars in like 16 months. Mm. Right. Cause like when I got it working, it worked like crazy. And then I didn't, I got to a place where I didn't really have to work uh, anymore. Like I had a team running my business. I was really only had to work one hour a week and it was doing, you know, over a hundred thousand, maybe even like upwards of like maybe almost close to two and uh, per month. And I was like, man, like, what am I, what do I do with my time? You know, I kind of gave up everything for this. And I gave up all my hobbies, my friends, I moved, like I dressed different, I acted different, like I learned all these different things to try to align myself with what was going to make me more successful. And, you know, eventually what ended up happening was, sorry, that's my puppy. <laughs> Got a new puppy, guys. So um, what ended up happening was, uh, I, you know, once I got there and I got all that money and stuff, like I didn't know what to do with my time. Because like you have all this free time. It's time to like do the thing you said you were going to do when you were rich or whatever. And what was that? Like hire girls and do what Dan did? (laughs) I was like, what do I do? I would, it's like such a weird thing to talk to people about because if they've never experienced it, they're going to be like, dude, what the hell are you talking about? Like, you know what I mean? Like you have all these resources, like you have all this time, like go live your life. But like, actually like by the time I got there, it was like, I didn't have a life. (laughs) It was pretty fucked up. Um, so now, you know, I have like a lot of wisdom, I would say, right. And I love to share that with people about how to go about business the right way, how to go about your life the right way, how to like, make sure you, you know, hold on to the things that do matter and get in the right environments and be able to grow. Because for me now, it's not about money. It's not about anything. It's just, I like to build things, you know? So I would say like, really what motivates me and really what I'm in all this for is like, I love to build things. I have like an engineering mindset in that way. And I love to like tinker around. I like to get things working. It's kind of like business is a fun game for me, but I also like really love to impact other people. Right. I really like love to, to, to meet people. Um, and I can tell they don't understand how things operate. Like they don't understand how business works. They don't understand how life works really yet. And cause no one's really teaching them how to do that stuff, how life works. And I get to show them how to take responsibility. And that when you do that, you know, and you, you take full radical responsibility, you can do these things and you can achieve great things and how to work hard and how to focus. And, um, just some of those like timeless principles in life, you know? So I would say really, that's either the thing I'm most interested in the thing I'm most passionate about sharing with people. And I do that through business, right? I kind of attract people in with, you know, Hey, let's help you get some clients. Let's help you get some money. But once people do that, you know, all this other stuff surfaces, you know, all the other stuff around, you know, what they're going to do with their time, what they're going to do with their money. Like what, cause they get all that pressure off them. So I think like overall, like, you know, that that's really something I'm, I'm really interested in. Yeah. And I think as a business owner and the level you're at, and I've seen this with other people I know that are investors in businesses or in that sort of space as well that's what happens you start to just get excited about building things and building businesses and and the idea of mechanically doing things or engineering like you said so it's a really cool place to be so did you always sort of want to be in the online space or where did the entrepreneur journey start is there like some funny story when you were a teenager (laughs) yeah so my dad was an entrepreneur um he wasn't very successful well that's not true he was a little bit successful then he had me. Uh, I was born seven years after my brother and my sister. Wow. And so they were doing fine <laughs> as that family. Then once they had me, uh, I, they got into some different situations that weren't that good. And the whole real estate market collapsed in the United States in like 2008. Mm-hmm. I was like 13 when that happened. Or I'm sorry, um, how old was I? Uh, maybe I was like 10, 10 to 13. I don't know. 
And basically they lost everything. We were like on the verge of losing our house. And, you know, it was just a big struggle for money. Money was a huge thing when I was younger, when I was a teenager, it was all I ever heard about in my house. Uh, my parents are always working. They're always stressed out. They're never home. And I knew my parents loved me. Like I had everything except money, right? I had great parents. My parents are awesome. And we're best friends. Like my parents are my best friends today. Um, and I, I've, I've essentially retired them now. But, you know, growing up, my dad put me to work, right? He, he, uh, he gave me my first job. I sold Italian ice at fairs. You know, but it was because like he needed the money. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he would always come up with these ideas. He had a candle shop, a jewelry shop, a pizza shop, a Italian ice. Like I was an oyster farmer for a little while. I detailed cars and mowed lawns and I was always trying to do stuff. I did some other stuff as well. Uh, probably isn't worth mentioning on this podcast, but um, I, you know, didn't do good in school because like I was constantly thinking about money. Like, I was like, this is dumb. I don't know why I need to know about this stuff. I need to know how to make money because my mom didn't give me school lunch money today. Like <laughs> I had to figure out how to get money for lunch today, like in school. Um, otherwise I had to feel guilty, like asking for her, for her last dollar, you know? And that is what happened to me. I did ask my mom for money and she was like, this is my last five bucks. And I could, I like felt it. And it was like a traumatic experience for me when I was a kid and, um, you know, basically I never asked them for anything ever again. And that was when I was like 12. And so I always had a job. I was always working. I was always hustling. I was going to school. I was like out making money afterwards. And that was like my whole life. Mm -hmm. Right. I was like, just so tired of not having anything. So like, I always looked up to people like the Wolf of Wall Street, two people like Dan Bilzerian, who just had infinite abundance like they had like money, cars, girls, clothes, like they were traveling. They never worked. Like they just were doing crazy shit. They're like throwing money at people. I was like, man, like that would take care of my problems. Right. And, um, yes. Yeah, so, so when I got into it, uh, I went to school and I didn't do good there. And then when I got out of school, the thing was, I went to a very, I, I grew up in a very rich town, but like we could not live there. Like we were like basically almost losing our house all the time. And so everyone in my school, when they graduated, they all went to college. They all went to university. Like it was like 99.8% of people from my high school. That was like some crazy record they had. And I didn't, which means like when everyone left, I, I was like delivering pizzas at my parents' house when I was 20 years old. And like, I didn't have any friends because no one was there. And then I started hanging out with like people younger than me. And I just like got into this place where I got kind of depressed. I was like, you know, I'm just kind of like that dude who like is still in his hometown delivering pizzas, like not doing anything. And so, you know, I got this crazy idea where I said, you know, it'd probably be a great idea if I got really, really ripped because then, then I'd be getting laid. You know what I mean? <laughs> So I got to the gym and I was like, you know, dude, at least you should just get in shape. And then I, I did, I got in shape and then the gym really changed my life. And then I couldn't get my results in the gym though. Cause I wasn't doing dieting. So then I started reading. And then when I was like 19, I read like my first book that I ever read on my own cover to cover. And then I read a hundred books that year. Wow. Because I was obsessed with it. I was like, whoa, like school really turned me off to reading. Reading is actually amazing. I went nuts with it. And all I would do is just read all day and like go to the gym. And I was like, man, this is like what I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about fitness. I want to show people like they don't need to be depressed. They can get in good shape. Like there's so much more than just looks. Like, so I became a personal trainer. I went to school. And then when I actually became a personal trainer in the gym, I didn't know anything about sales. And that was the number one thing that I needed to know about because day one, when I went in there, they were like, welcome, welcome to the gym, Ross. I don't even remember what the gym was called, but they're like, we need you to sell or we need you to give away free personal training sessions with you. And then on those, they're really like, you need to sell them on like a $2,000 package. And I was like, well, what do I say to them, man? Do I just offer it to them? Like, that seems like not gonna, it's not gonna work. And they're like, oh no, there's a whole process. And 
I was like, well, they never told me this in school. I went to school for six months for this. And everyone has their headphones in that, you know, you're like touching sweaty guys and you're like, <laughs> Oh, Hey, you want me to put those weights away for you? By the way, like you want to work together? It was, it just got weird. And so I quit and I got really frustrated with it. And I was like, man, I need to learn sales. So I started learning about sales. I read the four hour work week. And I was like, man, I could have an online business. And I was like, dude, I'm tired. I'm tired of working in a gym anyways. Like I need to go online where I can have like infinite scale, like infinite amounts of money. The bigger, I could just grow like an infinitely sized business. So, you know, I started making courses and doing coaching programs and trying to like get my name out there. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I kept creating blogs and like I created a course on um, a website called Udemy. It's still on there. Honestly, it's so embarrassing. <laughs> um, I look at it. <laughs> well, yeah, anyone who's on here can go look it up. It's called Elixir Craft. It's the most embarrassing trailer video you're ever going to see in your life. And uh, somewhere. Think, if you saw my YouTube videos from when I was a fitness model and a personal trainer, I sound like the biggest bogan and what you guys would call it a hillbilly. It yeah. So mm-hmm. bad. <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah, it's terrible. It's, it's, it's a great joke now, though. It's like, well, that's where I started. So exactly. get to work, guys. <laughs> you know, like all my students. But um, so, so what happened after that was uh, just like three years of failure, basically. And what I ended up figuring out was I w- wasn't sticking to anything. Mm-hmm. So like I would start something, I'd end it, I'd start another thing. First, it was Chinese herbalism. Then it was movement. Then it was bodybuilding. Then it was like web design. Then it was like being a productivity coach. It was like, I was just all over the place. I didn't know what to do. Cause again, I was just trying to make money, mm-hmm. right? I was super smart. I know I could learn about anything and do anything, but it was like, what am I going to do? And that mindset really fucked me up because I didn't stick with it long enough. And then I realized that I was like, man, I'm just not sticking with it long enough. I'm just going to do Instagram growth for 12 months. See what happens. I didn't know anything about growing Instagram accounts. I didn't even have an Instagram account. I said, well, why don't I go start like a fake Instagram account? I think it was called like Millionaire's Club or something weird like that. And it was just all like luxury photos. And I was like, well, why don't I just, this is like a no risk way for me to just take Google images and post them and like write captions and see if people will follow this account. We like, I ended up growing it to like a hundred thousand followers, like, in a couple months. This is a long, this is in the golden age of Instagram guys. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And I started posting about it on Facebook and, you know, I had a girlfriend at the, at the time and she kind of posted about it. We ended up getting a client for like $2,000 a month, my first client. And I ended up growing her account, like 10,000 followers a month, pretty consistently. And at the time I was working as like a virtual assistant then, cause I was trying to make, I was trying to get by, you know, while I was doing all this stuff. And that was like my whole salary. Wow. So I was like, this is like, I got to get more clients. And then from that point on, like within the next 16 months through word of mouth, we got featured in a bunch of media. We got speaking events. We got all this stuff. I kind of became like the Instagram dude was uh, like, we just like, we made like over a million dollars and then shit just started getting crazy because, you know, like I didn't sleep that year. You know what I mean? And this is like all, it was a service business. So like it was all clients I had to deal with. It wasn't like an online course. And, you know, I had like a hundred something clients and it's just like, everything's breaking. Instagram made an update. Now I'm getting 150 emails in a day. It was just like, it was just wild. And uh, from, you know, from that point on, uh, I just, I just was like hooked on business. I was really hooked on it. I was hooked on how much I grew through that process all the different things I was able to do, how much money I was able to make, who I was able to work with. You know, I got to speak at like Spanx headquarters. Um, and it was just, it was like so much fun. So then people started asking me, you know, how, how'd you do that? And that's how I got into kind of coaching people how to get clients. Because once I did the agency thing, I realized why I wasn't able to get clients as a fitness coach. And like why, and no, like so many people struggle to get clients because they're just not doing these simple things. So that was kind of how I got into it and how it got all started for me. Um, but I think probably I'm an entrepreneur probably because of my dad. Yeah. I would say. 
you know, it's like, I see it. Yeah. You you see it and you just follow through, right? Like it's the same, my work ethic comes from my dad because he was, you know, in high corporate and executive level, but I watched how hard he worked and what he achieved. And so I followed through on that. And so we sort of like become like our parents in different ways. Oh yeah. 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 (laughs) I think there's a saying that says, you know, your, your kids don't become like you, they become you. Yes. Crazy. And uh, it's true. I mean, I feel very lucky, you know, I'm different than my dad, but we're, we're the same too. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. There's so much in that. And I think what came up there was particularly about, and maybe we can touch on this is I guess staying the course or committing to something and mastering it. Do you think that's where a lot of people make mistakes that they try too many things or they try too many niches? And I'm not saying that we can't dabble in different opportunities and evolve, but it's like people don't stick to one thing long enough to see if they can get results. Do you think? I would say that people are missing like people are missing like foundational. So in school, that what they don't teach you is how to think. This is like, I don't even hear any entrepreneurs ever talk about this, but if you listen to billionaires, you'll realize that like, this is the difference. And it's, it is about, you know, finding a niche and you know, doing all these things, but why, why is it so hard for people to find a niche? You know what I mean? I mean, it's like, Hey, who do you want to work with? It's like, uh, uh, it's like, dude, that's not like a crazy hard question. You know what I mean? Don't freak out about it or anything. Like you want to work with, you know, moms, you want to work with entrepreneurs. Like, what do you want to coach? And they're like, yeah, definitely entrepreneurs. Definitely. Then the next day they're like, I don't know. And it's like, well, what the hell's actually happening? You know, I've asked myself these questions for years. I'm like, what do you mean? It's been six months and you can't figure out your niche. What the hell are you talking about? It's like one question. You know, it's so obviously not about the niche. It's not about the strategy. It's not about the niche. It's so obviously about something else that is like non-definable. And what ends up happening is people don't have the ability. They don't have the, I don't even want to say the information or the knowledge because that's not what it is. They don't have the tools. Like they don't have like the cognitive tools to, instead of saying, you know, I don't have the right strategy to get my niche figured out, like it's probably something else, right? They don't think that. They think the way I learned how to find my niche was wrong. I need another way. I need another way. I need another way. And they just keep looking for the same thing over and over again. A new person to tell them, someone to tell them a different way, someone, someone to give them a new strategy. But what they're really missing is they're missing mental models. They're missing mental models about how to think. And like an example of that would be um, like an example of that would be like first principles thinking, right? So one of the things I study a lot now in my life are these different mental models. And like basically a mental model is like kind of like a lens, right? It's like a lens you see the world through and it's missing today, big time in education and with people because first of all, no one's teaching it. And second of all, the way things have evolved over the past 100, 200 years is that everyone wants like a scientific formula for something instead of rules of thumb. But this whole world was built on rules of thumb, right? Like, uh, you know what a rule of thumb is? I don't know if they say that in Australia. No, I might want to explain that. A rule, a rule of thumb is like a, um, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's interesting. I don't know how to say that. So, uh, it's kind of like a, a way of doing things that is like commonly known. It's like, oh yeah, like uh, here's an example. Uh, how you do one thing is how you do everything. Yeah. Have you ever heard that before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's true like 99% of the time. It's kind of like, you know what? Uh, if Rebecca's late, then she's probably going to be late again. And then she's probably handles everything like that. Or if you're a mess, then like, you know, you're a mess of your house. You're probably going to be a mess everywhere. Your business is probably going to be a mess. So it's like, that's a heuristic. That's a rule of thumb. Now the whole world has been built with these, these kind of like mental models or mental shortcuts where like 99% of the time they're true. So you just kind of like, just like make these assumptions. 
That's how your mind makes decisions. You, know, you have thousands of those that make up the way that you think individually, right? That's how you think. I have my own mental models about how I see things. Collectively, that's my own mind, right? Now, no one teaches you these things, right? No one teaches you like these simple rules of thumb. Like, hey, you know, how someone does one thing is how they probably do everything. So watch out, you know? Like if you're dating a guy and he's lying to all his friends, maybe he's probably also lying to you. You know, these simple things. Um, and when it comes down to like your niche and all these different things like that, um, you know, it's, I think, I think it really, you know, just for people listening, if they were interested in this, you could go to this website called fs.blog and you can learn about these different things. And this is like really what these, uh, these like super rich billionaires, people like Elon Musk, you know, in interviews, they will talk about these things, but they go right over your head. Like he just like kind of like half mentions them but it's like everything about what he's talking about. So like one of the ways that, um, you know, I don't want to go too much off topic here, but one of the ways Tesla was able to become a company was that Elon Musk used first principles thinking. First principles thinking is like taking something and boiling it down to like its most essential truths or its most essential key components that are not going to change. And then like questioning all of them. Right. And then rebuilding that idea with just those things and like removing all the fat. Right. So like Elon Musk, everyone's like, oh, you know what? You can't build a battery for less than whatever the price was. So, you know, your car idea about having like electric cars and stuff, it's never going to work, Elon, because like you can never build a battery that will be cheap enough for people to be buying a car with it. And so like that was and he was like, well, how do you know? And they're like, well, that's always been true. That's the way it's always been done. And he goes, the way it's always been done, well, what are the core components that make up a battery? Okay, there's these seven parts. What's the value of each one? He ends up finding out he can make a battery for like 70% less by getting those ingredients and and putting them together in a different way because he boiled it down to its most essential parts. Now you have the Tesla battery and you have Tesla, which is like, I mean, Elon Musk is the richest person on earth right now because of that. You know, so these are the different things I think that people miss. They don't, they don't have these parts and they miss like, like focus. They don't have focus. They don't understand how to focus Mm. and school doesn't teach you these things. So what people focus on is acquiring these skills, but they don't actually have like the discipline or the way to view how to use those skills. So they're like, they're kind of like all tree, no roots. You know what I mean by that? Yeah, definitely. And so if someone is listening and is like, you know what, you're right. I don't know how to focus. I don't know my discipline and I don't have these skills or traits, but I'm open to learning and evolving these areas. Where does someone start? Is it about reading and learning about these sorts of things and then implementing things? Or how does someone start to focus better? Yeah, it's, it's a super good question. I would say that, you know, you really have to figure out like, where you're not getting results right now. And then I would say you have to look at who else is getting results doing that and what they are actually doing and what are the principles behind that. Uh, I haven't read this book in a really long time, but there's a book by Ray Dalio called Principles. That might be a good place to start. Um, FS blog, fs.blog is also another free resource um, that I found really, really helpful when I first started learning about this stuff. And yeah, you just have to understand like what the most successful people in the world are doing because it's way simpler than people think it is because they're able to execute, Mm. right? It's like the niche thing, the offer thing, business is incredibly simple. Mm. It's just like you, people get so stuck in their own shit that they can't get out of it uh, because they don't have the discipline or whatever. And so you know, in my approach to business and everything, I've kind of thought about like, you know, how do I get more done? Right? How do I get more output? Or why can't I do these certain things? And then I just try to work backwards from there. Mm, That's good. I think there's so much, like you said, there's so much distraction, though, I think, as well in the world at the moment, I think people just get so caught up doing things, not only things that are like, not 
relevant or they get distracted by the shiny objects. So there's just so much going on that, that they lose that focus. They lose that discipline. They don't even achieve anything at all. Or they're learning so much or trying to learn so much of everything and not implementing anything. And so then they're just staying in the same place. Yeah, I agree. I think that I totally agree with that. And, and that is the issue, right? Like today, we're not, the issue is not scarcity. The issue is abundance, mm. right? Like it, it used to be that you didn't have enough food. You didn't have enough, whatever, like hunter gatherer days. Now there's too much food. Yeah. There's so much sugar around you all the time that if you don't say no, you will literally die. <laughs> like if you just can't, couldn't say no to it, like you would die. You would get diabetes. You would get sick. You would get cancer. Like if you can't stop watching TV, like if you can't turn off your phone, if you can't unplug, like you will literally die. And so like, people need to understand that like, it's not about saying yes today. It's about saying no, right? Like it is about saying no all the time. Like if you're not saying no nine out of 10 times, like you're not focused, right? I mean, we had a conversation earlier, even before this podcast, just about clubhouse every single day. Ross, are you on clubhouse? Are you on clubhouse? Everyone's asking me, are you you on clubhouse? Ross, are you on TikTok? Why aren't you making dance videos? What's going, are you on <laughs> YouTube? Watch. <laughs> can I email you? Can I text you? Can I call you? Can I beep you? Can I like, <laughs> my guys, like I am on Facebook and Instagram and I'm not even on there a lot. And I am focused on direct response marketing. That's it. Right. Everything else, like it doesn't matter to me. Mm-hmm. And people are like, that's a terrible business decision. And I'm like, dude, I'm focused. Like, you know, when Steve Jobs, like Apple, you know, Apple was a great company and it is a great company, but you know, I think it was like in the eighties or maybe it was in the nineties, it, it was failing. It had one month of cash in the bank and they, they brought Steve Jobs back into the company. And the first thing he did was he, he removed 80% of their products. He just killed everything. And then he's like, now today, Apple, you can put all their products on the, on one tabletop. Like they're laser, laser focused. Right? You, they have an iPhone, they have an iPod, or I'm sorry, they have an iPhone, an iPad, and a computer. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, they have some other like smaller things, but like those are the products basically. And it's like, that's a trillion dollar company. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're not making dance videos on TikTok. Like what, you know what I'm saying? Like it's like Steve Jobs isn't doing that. The dude is focused on making a great product and getting it out of those people's hands. And as a business owner, like that's what I'm focused on. And I think a lot of people get confused today because they don't have they don't have forward momentum that is like fast enough so like they're they start a business they want to start getting clients they want to start making money and they get some and they get somewhere but because it's not happening fast enough they have extra time and then when they have extra time they start questioning what they're doing and then when people tell them they should be on tiktok and all this stuff they get shiny object syndrome and they go start doing that stuff. And then, then they really don't go fast. And then, but they feel like they're always working mm-hmm. because they're on everything because they are working, but they're not getting a result from the work. So they're in this, you know, I always tell people, it's like, if you're on something that's free, like Facebook, you're the product. Yeah. Your attention is what they are selling to other people. So like you're their product. Facebook's app is not its product. You're their product. You being on there, that's what they're selling to me, an advertiser. So like, if you don't want to get bamboozled by the whole thing, you got to realize like, Facebook is going to addict you to their platform. It's not good for you. It's good for them. And it's good for me. Because I will pay Facebook and we will both make money off you paying attention to the platform and being addicted to it. But like, you don't want to fall, you don't want to fall prey to that, you know? Yeah, it's such a good take. And so let's dive into what your day looks like a little bit then because I think success cool. leaves clues and, you know, you are laser-focused and you are, you know, successful and doing well and you've just shared you, you're only on Facebook and Instagram and you're not dabbling in all the other things. So what does your day look like these days? My day looks like, you know, me waking up. Uh, well, right now my life looks crazy because I just got a dog. It's waking me up at three in the morning. Yes. <laughs> so oh, so I, would say, <laughs> I would say, I would say, you know, it's like I have a child. It's yeah. just like whining downstairs. I got to let it out. Then I got to sleep. Then I let it out. Then I got to sleep. So I haven't been sleeping for the past two weeks. Um, but I would say typically like, 
you know, like what my average routine would look like yeah. is really me waking up. I make celery juice. I don't know. It's, I saw you smile. I think you probably <laughs> like that. Um, I made the celery juice. I do that whole thing. I make my coffee. I put on audio book for a couple hours. Uh, I might work out and then I get back into work. And the way I do work is I'll work for 90 minutes, deep focus. Then I'll take like 20 minutes off, 90 minutes on, 20 minutes off. And I'll just do that for as many, like as many times as I can do it, right? Um, and what I'm working on today is really um, just well, my products, right? So I have a program called Coaching Unlocked. And I would say it's like my main project right now. And really what I'm trying to do with that and what I'm trying to do with my life right now is, you know, and we've worked together on these different things. I've had a series of online courses, but it's always, it's the same course. I just keep recreating it over and over and over again, because I want to make it the best. Like I want to be able to send people through this program and like anyone can make money with it. That's what I want. And so I've been trying to refine that for like three or four years and it's, it's getting pretty good now. Um, so I work on that a lot. And so like during my work day, I'm either working on my product or I'm working on building a system to attract more clients into that product. And, you know, I have some other partnerships, higher level clients that I've had. And then, you know, at the end of the day, I, I try to find a way to decompress. I just moved to Florida, so I'm, I'm still working on it. Um, we just bought a sauna the other day, but I'd love to, you know, I have something called an integration period. Me and my girlfriend talk about it. It's like, I get so deep into work that I need like an hour in between like, chilling for the rest of the night and like work. So I'll do a sauna or I'll go, you know, tanning or I'll get a massage or I'll do something and then I'll have dinner and then I'll hang out with uh, my girlfriend. Amazing. It's really cool to see how people do structure their day and what they're doing because I think a lot of people like we're just saying the focusing is an issue. So do you think it's just about setting some tasks for the week and then diving in and setting those 90 minute routines, like you were just saying, and, and really focus on that, get rid of the phone and just do that one thing. Yeah. I think, you know, it's really interesting that people ask about the, the morning routines and daily routines. Cause I think what's more important is actually what you're not doing. Mm. Right. It's like, Hey, what do you not never do during your day? that other people do. You know what I mean? It's like, cause that says so much, right? It's like, Oh yeah. You know, when I wake up in the morning, I never go on my phone. It's like, Oh, that's really interesting. Cause most people, you know, 50% of people check their email in their bed. Right away. 6am is one of the best times to send an email to someone. So checking their email. On their bed. On there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There you go. That's a marketing tip for you. Yeah. I love it. So, okay, let's dive into um, some practical stuff around, I guess, business, social media, attracting clients, because I lose track of how many people talk about this. I just want to attract clients. I just want to make 10K. I just need to attract, like, I'm sure you've heard all this stuff a thousand times over, right. right? It's like the thing, apparently. It's like when I was working in the gym, you might have been the same, but 10K was what everyone wanted to lose weight-wise. So I'm like, what is this 10 number? right? So you move from, I moved from that space into this space and it's like 10 clients, 10K money, 10K kilos, you know, like all this sort of stuff. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know if you've seen that as well, but how does someone yeah. attract clients? How does someone get that happening? Because it would be not a podcast with Ross without asking that. Totally. Like it's as simple as like, it's as simple as this. Like you have to figure out like a group of people that have a problem, right? So the way I approach it is if I was going to go do something, start a new business, I would go look at a group of people that had a common problem, right? So new moms, I might say, well, what, what problems do new moms have, right? Well, you know, their stomach doesn't look the way it used to, right? Or they don't have any time, they're not sleeping very good, right? Or uh, whatever it is, right? They, you know, they can't get to the gym now because they have to be home with their kid all the time mm. or they want to educate their kid, the, whatever the problems are. I, I would look at this group. I would, I would not make any assumptions. I would figure out what their biggest problem was. And then I would also figure out what the problem is that they're already paying for or, and that they're paying the most for. Right. And so, um, you know, one thing, one thing that's unique about me, I think it makes me better at business than most people is, uh, and, and a lot of people don't like this. It's very controversial is that like, I don't, I'm not, I don't have to be passionate about something. 
right? Business does not always care that you are passionate about it. That's a you thing, right? There's a difference between being fulfilled and achieving. Achievement is a science. Fulfillment is an art, right? Now, if you want to achieve something and be fulfilled at the same time, then you have to meet halfway with it, right? But if you just wanted to make money and have a great business, you don't need to be fulfilled to do that. And you don't need to make, you don't need to be like passionate about it. So I can go start a sock company today and make money. You know, it's like, I don't get, I don't really care about socks, but like, uh, I wasn't really passionate about my Instagram growth agency, but I did it because it solved a problem for people. And that is the most important thing in business. And it's the thing that people always get messed up on because beyond like your niche and all this different stuff that people put out there, it is all to help you figure out what is the problem you're solving and will people pay you money to help them solve that problem? And like how many people have that problem, you know, is there room for scale here? And so it's always about the problem, right. And how you're going to solve that for them. And it can't be a way that like, it can't be a way where you know more than them, right? Like you have to meet them on their level, right? So a lot of fitness coaches, they evolve and then they eventually start thinking to themselves, you know, it's all mindset. It's all about mindset. So like, I'm going to start selling mindset services to people who want to lose weight because I got to tell them they're wrong about that. It's not about their weight. It's about mindset. And it's like, well, new, no, dude, because now your level of awareness is so high that you can't even communicate with them anymore because they don't understand what you're talking about. You know, new moms, they understand what being tired is like, and they understand that they don't look the same right afterwards, right? So if you just speak to them there, that's it. I got a solution for, for that. This is how that's going to fix your issue. That's all business is. And once you understand that, it becomes a lot simpler um, because all you have to do after that point is just get attention, right? So if I come up with the best, you know, baby stroller or whatever that makes your baby sleep every time, I just have to go tell people about that, right? So I have to say, well, where are those people? Well, where are those, where, where are moms hanging out? New moms. Okay, cool. Well, they're nurseries. I'm going to partner with a bunch of nurseries then and see if I can do a deal with them where, you know what I mean? And get in front of them. So it's like, who is it you want to help? What's their biggest problem? And is it viable? Are they already paying someone to help them with that problem? And then what's your new way of helping them fix that problem? And why is it better than everyone else's? Right. And then how are you going to tell them that you have a better way? How are you going to get in front of them? Where are they hanging out? How can you get in front of them? That is business in a nutshell. And if someone really understands that, they will be super successful, right? And there's a lot of ways to do it. That's why I think people get confused. You should do direct outreach on Instagram. You should message everyone. You should post all the time. You should run Facebook ads, Google ads, YouTube ads. You should be on YouTube. You should speak. Those are all just channels for how you would get in front of someone. They're all the same to me. Right. That's why like people are like, are you on Clubhouse? Are you on TikTok? I'm like, I don't need to be because I chose Facebook and Instagram as my way of getting in front of people. And it's so large. I don't need more platforms to get in front of people. There's 2.2 billion people on Facebook. I don't need more people to get in front of They're all there. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Really great, great tips there. It's awesome because it's coming back to that focus point again and where to focus your time. So I always think, well, I always say to keep it simple, you know, sell people what they want and give them what they need, right? You know, like you said, with the weight loss and mindset thing, people want weight loss, sell them weight loss. And then if you feel they need that mindset piece, bring that in once you are working with them because that is a big component right. of it. So if someone is starting out in business or as an online coach or in network marketing, which most of my audience is sort of falls into that space, what are the top three things they should focus on then? Because there are these shiny objects and there are all these platforms. So obviously picking one or two platforms, but what, where do you start? Like if there's so much to do, right? Yeah. So if you're selling any of those things, you probably sell over the phone. Mm-hmm. Would you agree that people yeah. probably sell over the phone? Those yeah. So the way I look at it is, you know, we help people build client attraction systems. That's what I call them. And there's really three parts 
to building that. Number one is, I guess there's four parts. Number one is you need an offer, right? You need something to sell. Then you need to get traffic, which is like you need to get attention. Then you need a system that can take attention and turn it into a lead. Either you collect their email address or they fill out an application or they do something where you collect their information, right? Now they're a lead. Then you need to get that lead on a phone call and you just sell them your offer. And that is it, right? So if your business is broken, it's broken in one of those areas. Simple as that. And most people, it's broken with traffic. Because most people say, Ross, you know, what I have to offer, I think is amazing. And if I could just get more people on, on the phone, then like, I know I could sell them more stuff. And usually what I tell people like that is like, well, you, you, probably, you probably can't get a, enough attention. Your aud- a lot of people say your audience isn't big enough, right? You need to grow your audience or you need to get more exposure. Here's, a, here's the thing about getting exposure. It's never been easier ever on earth. It's like the easiest thing on earth to get attention. The hardest thing to do is to take the attention and turn it into a lead, turn it into like a booked phone call. Right. So you can go on Facebook ads right now. I mean, we could be doing, we could, I could literally pop on Facebook ads right now and start getting attention for a new thing. I just give them 20 bucks. They start sending any, any group of people that I select on there to my webpage. Simple as that. Right. And so traffic is not a problem for anyone at all, unless you don't have any money. Right. And if you don't have any money, then you need to go, I call it virtual door knocking. Like you do need to direct outreach to people because you need to put your offer in front of people. So like you need to put your offer in front of people. You can do it manually with your time, uh, messaging people that look like a good fit and telling them I have a thing that I think could help you. Cause it looks like you have this issue. Would you be interested? They're like, no. Then you go to the next one. They're like, no. Then you go to the next one. They said, well, I'd be interested in hearing your pitch. You go, Okay. Okay. We're in business here. And you do that to enough people, you know, you're going to find some people that, that will work with you. And you only need a few because, you know, if you can sell just, if you reach out to a thousand people a month, I'm sorry, but like, you're going to make money period. It's impossible to not make money reaching out to a thousand people a month, which is like 35 people a day, right? Takes you 20 minutes and you get these people on a call and you have a conversation with them or you ask them about their problems And then you just say, look, this offer that I have, I think it could help you with those problems. What do you think? Right. And then if you do that, you should have enough money for Facebook ads. You should have enough money to to pay for attention. So now you don't have to hustle. But what you need to do after that is, you know, be able to offer them something where you can collect their information, whether it's like a webinar or an ebook or some kind of funnel, right? That's why everyone gets into these funnels so much. And then you just need to be good at, at selling on the phone. So you need to get attention. You need to be able to convert it with a webpage to an email. And then you need to get them on the phone and sell them. And if you know how to do those things, you will be, you'll be super rich. No doubt about it. Super great. Like amazing tips there. They're really, really handy and really helpful and simplified as well. Really structured. Something I get asked though a lot is with the direct reach out, what do I say these days? Because everybody's doing it, getting so much spam, especially from particular companies. I mean, I know my message request is like 50 or 60 like random messages, right? So what does someone say or how is the best way to approach someone through the direct reach out if they're listening to you and they're like, okay, I don't have the money just now for Facebook ads, but I'm willing to reach out to people 30 a day or whatever it is. What, where do I start without being sleazy or salesy? So what I would say is uh, don't overthink it, mm-hmm. right? Don't think about everyone else, right? That's mistake number one is thinking about anyone else, right? And uh, it really is like probably the number one mistake that people make is thinking about what, you know, what other people are doing and, you know, like thinking about their competition, and thinking about their followers and who has more followers than them. So don't worry about what other people are doing. Just focus on your customer. Simple as that, right? 
if you are trying to work with entrepreneurs and you're a fitness coach or you're trying to sell someone something and you that's your niche, just reach out to them and be like 100% dedicated to helping them, right? And come from a place of serving where it's like, look, I built this thing to literally help you. It seems like you have this problem. Do you want help with the problem? 99% of people are going to say no. That's what we have averaged it out to. 1% of people will book a call with you that you reach out to. And this is like on hundreds of thousands of messages that we've tracked. And, you know, if you reach out to 1200 people in a month, that's 12 calls booked. If you have a quote, you know, if you can sell 30% of those people on the phone, you can make $8,000 a month. That's Mm -hmm. six figures. Right. And that takes an hour a day. Right. That's what we have for our scripts, right? Everyone's scripts are different. So, what I would say is like, there's a couple of different ways to reach out to people. I find the best way to reach out to people is to ask them a question first, right? And don't ask them what their fitness goals are. <laughs> That's the worst thing to say. <laughs> so like, you know, I, uh, one of the companies that I'm partnered in right now is a, is a manifestation business. And, you know, we train people how to be manifestation coaches as a new product that we created together. And, a lot of these girls were like, what do I say to people when I reach out to them? And I said, ask them if they've read the book, The Secret. Yeah, awesome. Hey, ever read the book, The Secret? Yeah, I have. Great. So you know what manifestation is. Well, look, I'm putting together this new group and uh, it's to help you manifest your dream life. And, you know, I just helped someone with this last week. And here's some proof because people are skeptical. They want to know proof right? Here's some results that I just got for someone. You know, I'd, I'd love to chat with you about it. It seems like you could be a good fit for this group. Let me know. Perfect. 99% of people are going to say, no, thank you. And they'll say it just like that. You know what? I appreciate you reaching out, but no, thanks. I'm good. And then some people will say, oh my gosh, I want to hear more. Now, what we do is really, really different than what everyone else does. And what we do is we send people a 10 minute video. It's the same video. Everyone got the same video, but it is a full offer because uh, like we've been talking about on this call a little bit, it is um, people, people do not have very good offers, right? Like you need to have an offer that really solves someone's problem. But, you know, if I just say, Hey, I could coach you, you know, with your fitness goals, it's not very irresistible, is it? Because now I look like everyone else. Mm-hmm. So what people need to do is they need to sell their offer. Like they need to sell it hard, right? Because it is loud out there and it is distracting and people aren't going to notice the difference between you and someone else. So, and it's very hard to do that in text, right? Like if I sent you my offer in text, I mean, that's re- there's a reason why sales pages exist mm-hmm. because offers are so big to make them irresistible, they need to be on like 27 pages long of, a, of stuff. I hate sales pages. <laughs> so it's like, so it's like, if I were to do that in a text, you would never reply. You would never reply back. Um, so basically we send people a video, yeah. right? And we, we explain the whole thing to them, how it works, why it's so awesome, why it's different. And we get people signed up a lot from that kind of video. That's really powerful because when I was doing network marketing full time and quite successful in it, a lot of the time it's about sending a link, sending a video and sharing more of the offer or the opportunity or the product in that way. And it is such a powerful way for sure. So I love that. Thank you for sharing that. That's really, really great. Um, as we wrap up, I just want to up ask you a couple more questions. Sure. Um, just what is your greatest lesson from your greatest mistake like has there been something in all of your entrepreneurial years even though you're still so young (laughs) but which is you've achieved so much in such a short amount of time it's amazing what is one of the I guess greatest challenges you've been through and what lesson have you learned from that experience um never ever rent a house from craigslist (laughs) <laughs> just kidding i uh, i moved into a house on craigslist one time and i ended up like i was like i ended up living with a bunch of crackheads for a while when i was like really broke and it was pretty fucked up um so don't do that i'm just saying that i'm just saying that as a joke it's a true story but um i would say i would say my biggest mistake i would say like 
really not focusing. Like I would say I, I just, if someone, if I could just understand the importance of that early on, like really, really, really understand it. I mean, I know there's so many people who just say like, well, you've got to get focused. And everyone goes, oh yeah, yeah. I know I got to get focused. Look, I talk to people every single day and then they go around and then they go and they tell other people that they're focused. And they're like, oh yeah, other people got to get focused. I know Ross. Yeah, yeah, dude, they, they really do need to get focused. Like we're part of some kind of insider group. I'm like, no, bro, I'm talking about you. You are not focused. Mm-hmm. Like, and they're like, what? And they're so shocked because they think, you know, like, like doing all this stuff is like focus, like being on TikTok and YouTube and like, cause they're working hard, they're focused. Focus is like, is like doing one thing. If anyone who's listening to this wants to get more focused, go read the book, Essentialism. Mm. One of the best books I ever read. And it's just about doing one thing. Mm-hmm. Like that's the whole thing is that today things are, things are, they're not how people think they are. Like you could just be the best at Facebook. That's it. And like, you could be like making hundreds of millions of dollars. Like you don't need more than that. You could just be the best at email. That's it. Oh, I just sell my business through referral and I've just constantly optimized how well I get referrals for. You could be a multi, multi-millionaire. And so it's like, people really, like they really are confused about how much they really need, mm-hmm. right? And me too, like I only wear like black t-shirts. I just wear the same thing every day. I have like 20 different pairs of pants, 20 different shirts, but it's like the same thing. It's like, cause I just don't care about that. Like I actually don't care about like, I'm like, Oh yeah, the smile fit, whatever. And it looks good. And no one ever said, it's like, it's just the way it is. And so I can spend time on things that do matter to me. I love right? that. Same thing in my relationship, same thing in my business. So it's like, if I could just do that earlier, man, I'd probably be worth like 10 times more than I am right now. I definitely get caught up in the whole focusing for sure. There's just so many distractions. And I think a lot of the time people, I guess as well, when you're talking about that, they're not willing to delegate. They're not willing to outsource early and on enough in their business as well. I think that's probably key for people as well to be able to then throw what's important. So are you reading anything currently? What's on your bedside table or in your ears? Because it sounds like I'm sure you still have an obsession with reading. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you something. I'll tell you two things. So right now I'm reading a book called Anti-Fragile, which is a, I would call it an extremely advanced book. Like I've actually been, it's been mind blowing, but like, I think if I read this book two years ago, I'd be like, this book sucks. Like, I don't understand what's going on here. Um, And uh, it's, it's about, it's about mental models, but another book I'm reading is investing for dummies. Love it. And I'll, I'll, I don't know if I've ever heard of anyone, you know, saying that they read these for dummies books, but let me tell you something. When you go to learn something new, everyone wants the shiny new advanced thing, right? It's the wrong way to do it. You want to learn what are the core parts, like, right? That's what I was talking about earlier. First principles thinking. So right now I'm getting into investing. I want to learn more about investing, right? But I don't want to learn about Elon Musk's investment strategy. I want to learn what is an investment? What is a bond? What is a stock? How does that work? What are the, what things can I do with stocks? Not someone's opinion or someone's ideas. Like what is what are the facts here? Like oh no, you can never like you okay, you can only buy and sell stocks. Okay, got it. What is a stock? Oh, it's an it's an it's an investment in a company. Okay, cool. So that's how that works. Like I just want to find the fundamental baseline with no, no one's opinions. Then once I know all that stuff, I can make my own opinions about that stuff. And I can start learning the strategies that people have. People don't do that. They never, ever learn that way. And so I would recommend that if people want to learn about stuff, they go learn about what are the core components of it, right? Like I just basically broke down business that way too. I said, look, you need traffic. You need a conversion system. You need a script to close people on the phone and you need an offer. Those are the core components of a business. If you get those things right, you learn about those individually and you get really good at them, you'll be 10 times better than anyone else in business. And you won't have to like listen to like me or some marketing guru to tell you how to do it because you'll know what makes an offer good. You'll know what, how to get traffic, right? You'll know how to sell on the phone. 
and no one can take that away from you. Right. And so that's how I go about learning things. So that's how, that's one of the books that I'm reading right now is investing for dummies because I'm a dummy with investing and I want to learn about it. (laughs) It's powerful. If anyone takes away anything from this episode, it's really about simplifying it and going back. Do you have like a whole library of dummy books? (laughs) No, no. You know, actually I just started getting into those. And um, so I I can't recommend many of them, but I imagine they're all written very similarly. Yeah. Simplify it, take it back to basics and, you know, make it a core couple of things. It's awesome. Uh, You've shared so much wisdom with us today and I knew you would. And I'm so grateful for having you on the show because you are such a wealth of knowledge. Is there anything else that you want to leave with us today that you haven't already shared? Um, it's a good question. I think honestly, people should read more. Yes. I think like if you're going to try to get something done, you need to figure out what is the problem I'm trying to solve like, or what is the skill I'm trying to develop. And then you should just read books on it. And you shouldn't read books from the past 20 years. Read books that are older mm-hmm. uh, because they're better. Because everything today is part of a sales funnel. And the value of books is dropping dramatically. Stuff that was written in the 1960s about sales and marketing, 10, at least 10 times better than today. So, you know, I would say, I would say, you know, really take the time to figure out what is it you want to get good at and like, what is your problem? People don't take the time to ask that stuff. Mm. I know it sounds so simple, but they really don't. And then go pick up a book on how to do that and stop listening to everyone on Instagram. Yeah. You (laughs) know what? That's such good advice because I always say that you want to go to the direct source, right? And so pretty much everyone, like you're saying, say in the last 20 years, they're pretty much taking what is from prior anyway and making it their own and adding their own spin and then selling things like you shared. So go back to the source. Like, isn't it Think and Grow Rich was in the 18, no, 19? Yes. Long no, time. 1900s. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's the godfather of, of that like industry in some sense, right? All, every idea has been put out there. It's just, yeah. Like sales is not changing. Human psychology is not changing. People figured it out a long time ago. And, you know, everyone who talks about it today, including myself, is just bringing those ideas from the past into the future and refining them in a way that can be explained to someone in today's world, Mm -hmm. right? Translating that old marketing stuff into social media marketing for that platform, but it's all the same. So if you are starting to read books, like, do you make time to read and take notes? Like, is that the best way for someone to read? Because people just get so distracted by reading, right? And they don't absorb it. Yeah. The, the way that I do things is, well, I think it's way more important to absorb what you're reading than it is to read a lot, mm. right? A lot of people are, are, consu- are concerned with doing more. I actually am more concerned with doing less. Mm. So one of the things, this is another, like one of those mental models, but and it's from this book I'm reading, Anti-Fragile. I, I just learned this. I thought it was so genius. This guy said, you know, if you think, you close your eyes, you think for a second about the future. What is it going to look like 50 years from now? You know, and you really think about like what you're going to see. You probably might imagine like flying cars and like all these different things. And typically what a person does is their brain is wired to add things there's going to be new devices and robots walking around and flying cars. But actually, if you look at things, it, there will be less. Because as things evolve, they subtract. They don't add, right? There, was, there used to be cameras with film and lenses and dark rooms and all this stuff. Now it's all in your iPhone. You have a computer, you have a camera, you have film, you have batteries, you have the internet. It's all on your phone now. Everything's dematerialized. Elon Musk is going to put a stop to drivers being in the car, right? You're not going to have to drive your car anymore. Your car's going to drive itself, right? It's like things you, things you used to pay for, you don't need to pay for them anymore. Google is free. Facebook is free. All these things are free. So things like dematerialize, they subtract. And so like when I look at doing things in my own life, I don't look at what things I can add. I look at what things I can take away Because usually to get to your goals, to get to different things you want to get to, it's not about like adding more things to get there. It's about removing things that are in your way. Because that's like your whole life is all about people are putting shit in your way constantly, (laughs) basically. Distraction piece, right? Back to this whole thing, distraction, focus, simplify. Distraction. So it's all about removing it, remove distraction, right? 
remove distraction and uh, just do less. Yeah. Do let way less than you think you need to do. It's amazing. Thank you so much. Today has been incredible. So where can people find you online and how can they work with you? Cool. Yeah. The best place to find me is on Instagram. Uh, anyone, you guys are more than welcome to reach out to me. I get back to every message, just something that I like to do. Um, and my Instagram is Ross Johnson. Perfect. I'll leave it all in the show notes. So people can click through, cool. but thank you again. Like I've really valued our time and I've always valued our conversations because you do have such a wealth of knowledge, which is amazing to interact with. So thank you and good luck with the, the new puppy and the new house and all the things. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to always great to chat as well. As always, if you have loved today's episode, please do take a screenshot, snap it, put it in your Instagram story, tag Ross and I so we can see you've been listening and I'll reshare it to my stories. It is so awesome to see who's tuning in and listening to all these guest interviews. I get so much joy out of it and I really love genuinely connecting with you guys and hearing what your greatest takeaways are from each episode. I hope that you loved today's episode. It has been amazing. Ross is so incredible and if anyone is inspiring you to be more and do more and have more, he is definitely your guy. And in Until we get to chat in the DMs, I hope that you have a lovely day.